You're listening to 128, a podcast about spiritual maturity, real people, real talk, real life. Hey everyone, welcome to 128, which is based on Colossians chapter 1 and verse 28, which says, Him we proclaim, warning everyone and teaching everyone with all wisdom, that we may present everyone mature in Christ. This is a podcast where we interview spiritually mature Christians to learn more about their journey towards spiritual maturity and apply some of the insights that they've gained along the way. My name is Derek Webster, and I'm the lead pastor of Grace Point Church. In this episode, I have the privilege of interviewing Lloyd Robinson. Lloyd has been coming to Grace Point since 1996. He's been serving since 1997, and he's been a follower of Jesus for decades. He's someone who's known for his wisdom in his responses. He's known for his biblical perspectives. And he's known for his ability to guide young people in the ways of God. Listen, Lloyd is one of those people who has a tremendous impact on others as an example of a godly man. As you'll hear, even with a strong bedrock of faith kind of an upbringing, the journey towards spiritual maturity isn't always an easy journey. But God wastes nothing in the process. And as you'll hear, sometimes it's the early lessons of faith that stick with us the longest. I hope you enjoy listening to our conversation as much as we enjoyed having it. And so without any more delay, here's my conversation with Lloyd. Well, it's my privilege to sit across from um, Kansas State Jayhawk Lloyd Robinson. No Jayhawk. Wildcat. Not Jayhawk. Sorry, Wildcat. Wildcat. Um, I know. It's, I, I, yeah. Believe it or not, that was somewhat deliberate. I was just curious if you were going to push back. Oh, yes. Lloyd is uh, one of those hidden gems in our church. And I say hidden even though he's not hiding. Um, because uh, uh, Lloyd is one of these men of God. Uh, who is so faithful in Awana, he pours into the next generation constantly. He has wisdom and perspective. Uh, He's someone who I turn to uh, on occasion just to get a good word from, and and I listen to. And he's someone that I actually pray for um, uh, pretty regularly, uh, just because I know some um, some of the circumstances that he's gone to, and that's reminded me of some of the circumstances that I've been through. And so during this conversation, we're going to talk about spiritual maturity. And uh, it's my pleasure to get to sit across from a man who's spiritually mature um, and uh, who has been through quite a bit. Uh, uh, There's so much ground to cover here. But Lloyd, let's start with this. Um, Everyone listening now knows that you are a wildcat, (laughs) that you're in Kansas. You were born and raised in Kansas with your sister, is that right? Yes, I was. And she was two years younger? Yeah, she's two years older. Two years older than you. Right. Uh, she currently lives in Chicago? Yes, she does. Okay, very cool. Yes. And um, you, and you're, you, we talked about a little bit about this over lunch, but your parents, your dad was, was born and raised in Kansas as well? Yes, the town that I grew up in this is, it was the same town that my father grew up in. Okay. Hiawatha, Kansas. Yes. Hiawatha. Yes. Kansas. Yeah, there was a, in Hiawatha. I mean, you have to look at the fact that what's surrounding Hiawatha was many Indian reservations. So, I mean, there was a person named Hiawatha, Chief Hiawatha. I don't think it had anything to do with our town, but yeah. you know, somehow we got the name. Um, but then we had the Potawatomi, we got the Kickapoo, we got the Sioux. I mean, they they just surround us, you know, Indian reservations that we had. And, There's the famous um, Indian Jewish reservation, Sosumis. Yes. Just kidding. So it was a <laughs> yes, bad, bad right. joke. Sure. Um, if I understand, <laughs> if I understand the story right, um, your grand, not your grandfather, your great grandfather uh, came out of Kentucky. Yes, right? he did. Yes. And, and that was through uh, the Underground Railroad, through the Underground Railroad to uh, Canada. Canada. And then from Canada, he came down to uh, Hastings, Nebraska. Hastings, Nebraska, right. and then from there to Kansas. Well, his son, my grandfather, to Kansas, uh, 
came to Kansas. And your your that's the your grandfather on your father's side. Yes, it is. On your mother's side, you didn't know that grandfather. No, I didn't. But he was from Jamaica. Yes. Kingston, near Kingston. Old Kingston, yes. Old Kingston, and uh, it was a, a physician. He was a physician. He was. It's really interesting because um, this is near Suffolk. Virginia. Suffolk, Virginia. Yes. Uh, that's where he settled at after he got out of school. He um, he went to Virginia Union University, which is known for its uh, it's, it's, it's a theology school. It's, it's a large one that the most black ministers today have gone to. Yeah. And from there, he went to Howard University, and which is really ironic because sometime in my life i did teach at howard university really so, yes I you did. taught at howard yeah and um that must have been kind of a surreal homecoming it was for you actually because the people knew dr pierce that, that was my grandfather dr pierce yeah dr john pierce and okay. um and, from, you, and you were told your was it your parents that would tell you that you were they well, thought I you were most like yes dr pierce like dr pierce and um <clears throat> to this day i suppose if he had if he had lived, I probably would have been a doctor because that was one of the things he wanted one of his grandchildren to be to be a doctor. And I wow. guess I was the closest thing to it. Uh, I had an opportunity to maybe go to medical school. I said, no, I didn't want to. You know, I was disciplined in certain areas, certain other areas. I wasn't. Some people are made for medicine. Some people right. aren't. Yeah. And I wasn't. You definitely don't want me operating on anybody. <laughs> yeah. That's for sure. Exactly. Wow. So, OK, so so he's in Suffolk. Your mom from Suffolk, Virginia, yes. your dad from Kansas. Right. They meet in Tuscaloosa in yeah, Alabama. Like Tuskegee. Tuskegee, sorry, yes. Tuskegee mm -hmm. in Alabama. Yes. I'm showing my ignorance when I say Tuscaloosa, but <laughs> Tuskegee in Alabama. Yeah. And uh, and then World War II breaks out. Yes. Your dad goes, uh, he's in the Navy. Yes, he was in, in the Navy. In the Pacific Theater. Yes, he was in Okinawa. Okinawa. Right. Right. And uh, had a little bit of PTSD coming. Yes, he did, quite a bit, actually. Yeah. I mean, he had it until the day he died. Oh. And, um, and my father lived till he was 85. He, was, uh, he would have been 86. But, mm. uh, um, yeah, it, it was pretty bad. And you wouldn't know it, but he, he was he was gun shy. Yeah. You know, I mean, there was times when we were growing up, sometimes we had to hunt for our food. And, you know, and yeah. ate a lot of rabbit and squirrel when I was growing up. And used to go hunting. And every time Dad would shoot, you know, he'd jump. Yeah. And... Uh, not a good thing if you're no, shooting. No, and yeah. so that didn't last very much longer, you yeah. know. And uh, uh, then we started raising chickens and kind of got away from the squirrels and the rabbits, you know. And I was kind of tired of that anyway. <laughs> There's only so much squirrel. <laughs> yeah, that you can eat. Yeah, yeah. and skin. You well, you know, you. Uh, I mean, you grew up working on a farm. Yes. Uh, and uh, until you were 17, and uh, there was quite a bit of racism in, yes, in your was. town right um share just real quick for the listeners because i think this is helpful especially right. in these days just so that people understand can you share the swimming pool story sure so in in, in my area it would, you, you wouldn't think in this town it would be an area you know infiltrated with uh, racism but it was i mean they even had a kkk chapter there mm. and um so we couldn't eat in restaurants. Uh, we didn't have a park to go to because we lived on the west side of town and they called that monkey run, you know? And so they referred mm -hmm. to us, okay, the monkey runs home, mm -hmm. right? So they said, they, we'll call it monkey run. And that's what they called it. And, and it's really interesting because most of the people lived on the west side were, uh, well, all the black people lived on the west side. All the Latinos lived on the west side and then the poor whites lived on the west side. So they were all part of all the, the marginalized. Yeah, right. yeah, exactly. And uh, so there was a swimming pool in, in town, and it was kind of more like a wading pool. It wasn't that large. I mean, it was a community of about twenty five hundred people. Okay, so very know. small town. Yeah, it was yeah. very small. Small rural farming. Yeah, very. Yep. And um, blacks couldn't swim in it at all, and uh, they wouldn't. They would. They didn't call us white. They said colored could not swim here, and then signs would be up. Wow, not allowed. My, my parents were activists, always were kind of activists. And, mm -hmm. you know, they choose, they chose their fights, you know, because even during those days, they had difficult time to vote. You know, they had to fight to yeah. get in there to vote. And you still have to live. Oh, yeah, yeah. exactly. So uh, just keeping a long story short, they found a way that we could get access to the pool. So during the summer months, I mean, there's not very much to do. 
Yeah. You know, growing 2, up. 2,500 people, right. Hiawatha, Kansas. So here we have the swimming pool, and they said, okay, the coloreds can swim in the swimming pool on Saturday morning, so 7 o'clock, 10 o'clock. Three hours. That's it. So we said, okay, we'll take what we can get. Right. And so the day that uh, we had our first uh, swimming experience, we got there, we were all walking down to the pool. It's about a block and a half from the street. Get down there to the pool, and in the pool was um, uh, a lot of feces and a lot of urine because they had defecated and urinated in, in the swimming pool. Mm. And um, uh, of course, as a kid, and you look at that, and you know, you just go, you, you know, the the humiliation, the injustice yes, of it. Yeah, right? and then here it's even it's like, how could you just go that far with it? And I looked up at, at the street, the callousness, right? right yeah, right, and. When I looked at the street, I saw, you know, you know, a few adult white males standing up there and they're laughing all over. Mm -hmm. They thought it was the funniest thing in the world. And this is probably where my parents came out of me because of how they were activists and I know my grandfather was too. Yeah. Grandfather Pierce, the one that was raised in Virginia from Jamaica. And I said, I can't let this happen. You know, so, yeah. you know, you're, you're a kid at, as you're eight years old yeah. experiencing this. So I'm getting down into the pool and my mom is yelling and screaming at me because she was on the other side. She said, what are you doing? Get out of the pool. Right. I swam across the pool mm. and I got out and I raised my hand at the guys at the top of the street yeah. to let them know you can't stop me. Yeah. You know. I don't care what you do. It's a great act of courage right. by, uh, by, by a great act of, right. I think, uh, defiance, but in a, in a peaceful way, almost to say that right. it doesn't matter what evil you put in my way oh, yeah. and move forward. Yeah. It's, um, you were raised by Christian parents, oh, yes. parents who, who love Jesus, oh, yes. genuinely, oh, and, yeah. and your grandfather as well. Right. And you've commented that, um, you know, when you reflect and you think about a lot of your foundations, mm. it really came from them. From them. Yeah. And and yet they're you know there they are they're following Jesus but they're following Jesus, um, and there's a lot of injustice, mm -hmm. and and yet Jesus is central. How did that play for you? Because as you were coming up, it's one thing to be raised in the faith, mm -hmm. you know. In some ways, Jesus is always there. He's talked about in the house. Right. Be polite. You have these Christian values. Right. Um, it is another thing to say, okay, my life is going to be subordinated to that Jesus right. in a way that's right. beyond kind of the, right. and most people, when they, when they're faced with that, all of the objections, mm -hmm. like at least it did for me, right? Mm -hmm. All of the, like, this is why I don't, cause you know what it means. Right. So this is why I don't want to be a believer. Did you have that experience too? Would you, were you like, no, I don't look around you. This isn't working or yeah, what, what well, were you thinking? Well, the thing is, is that the thought would come to your mind, right? Yeah that uh, why yeah and you know that's always even when i go through tough times now you know i had that why? question uh, and i and i look at god and i go why me god yeah and god answers me and he says why not oh man you know do you know <laughs> it is amazing you said my uh my mom mm -hmm. who suffered greatly uh she's uh you know I've spoken about her often but she's like Johnny Erickson Tata, right. right? Like just phenomenal, wrapped up in Julie Andrews. Um, I said, she said the same thing. Yeah. Why not me? There is a, there is a um, spiritual maturity. Mm -hmm. You know, this podcast is really about celebrating spiritual maturity yes. and the process of getting there and then right. what it looks like once you're there. I think one of the misnomers is people think that spiritually mature people don't have it as hard as spiritually immature people, right? Right, because when you're spiritually immature, everything is heightened, mm -hmm. um, and yet, in some ways, uh, some of the most spiritually mature people I've known have gone through, in some ways, worse things, harder things. Right. I know, uh, you know, the, the, uh, your the, someone you love mm -hmm. very much it suffers quite right. a bit physically, right? And um, to see that and have to go through that, you know. That's a hard day. Mm -hmm. I don't think people realize just right. because it's it's ongoing. It's it is. there's a lot of ex how kind do you of, deal with it? Yeah. How do you deal you with it? it? I mean, when you look at uh, when I look at James, you know, in the 
New Testament, and he says, what is your faith without works? Mm. Okay, so I take that a little bit further, because I've heard this before, but if your faith has not been tested, mm. can I trust your faith? Oh, that's good. You yeah, know? that's good. Can I trust it? The testing right. matters. It does. So you, so in a way, I'm going to kind of bring it back to mm -hmm. the, kind of the, the early part of your story. Right. For you, a lot of that was, okay, God was testing me. Mm -hmm. And so uh, was it hard for you to give your life to Christ? Was it easy for you? Was it natural? Was it? Well, it's, it's really interesting because my, my grandfather, my dad's father, he was a deacon in the church. Okay. So, you know, here, modern day yeah, yeah. church, everyone asked me, so you always wear a suit, you always wear a tie yeah. or something like that. Oh, there was no way in the world I was going to go to church with my grandfather being a deacon, not wearing a suit. Oh man! Hey, listen, I had <laughs> I had suits so, growing up. Yeah. We're, so we are small. Yeah. So, full disclosures. Uh, I grew up in Baptist background. Yeah, that was a Baptist. Was that was just yeah, Baptist as well? And and not only a suit, but boy, if you didn't pay attention, my dad's reach yeah. never extended to my sister. It always reached to the edge of my shoulder, <laughs> and if I. Right. Nodded off a little bit. Right. I would get the famous pinch. Yeah, you know, I don't know if you yeah. ever got that. Oh yeah, you had to pay attention. Well, it, it, see, that was funny because in my family, my mom was the mouthpiece. Okay. Okay, but my dad was the enforcer. Oh, there you go. You know, so I always related things to the Bible. Yeah. You know, because I always looked at it. You know, this was a Moses Aaron oh, relationship. Yeah, yeah. Okay. You know, mom was Aaron. Dad was Moses. Yeah. So it was like, and you knew it. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And because yeah. what mom would say, I'm gonna tell your father. And that's right. You knew, but you're gonna test it. Yeah. You're gonna try it. I tried it, and that was the last time I tried it. Well, <laughs> I'd love to be able to say I only tested it once, but uh, my uh, my backside remembers a few right, more times. Right. Right. As well, and honestly, yeah. I deserved everyone. Oh yeah. Everything I got. Absolutely. Uh, I deserved. Yeah. The um so. How, just out of curiosity, like how, so it was a Baptist, small Baptist church? It was a small Baptist church. It was, it was the second Baptist church of Hawatha. And it was really interesting because the pastor there was, it's back in those days, he was called to preach. Yeah, and, absolutely. And um, service would start, we'd go to Sunday schools at 10 o'clock. Okay. Service started at 11. Yeah. Lunch at 1. Yeah. Back in. Hot luck. Yeah. 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 And then at 2 o'clock, we're back. Okay. 4 o'clock. We're leaving. Okay. So we're there, you know, seven hours. Got it. So ours was, so ours was yeah. there at, so Sunday school was at nine. Mm -hmm. Service started at 10, 30, 11, somewhere in there. Yeah, similar. Out by 12. Training union was at four. Oh, okay. Sunday evening service right. was at 536. Right. And we were out by seven. Yes. Yeah, so that yeah. was a Sunday. Oh, yeah. And it was just... You never thought about it as kids because, see, if you were getting a little antsy, yeah. at least there was a playground outside. Yeah. Uh, so they let the kids go out there. And the parent, honestly, yeah. I, when I think about the adults, in some ways, the adult, mm -hmm. you know, as loose as things are today. Right. Um, actually, I thought the adults then, I mean, it was very much a seen but not heard kind mm -hmm. of thing, but they didn't mind kids being kids as long as they weren't bratty. Right. You could go and right. play and play right. tag. And yeah. But in church. Oh, in church? No, you were there. Yeah. you That's you God's house. Nothing. That's right. And you'd be <laughs> you quiet. Daydream all you want. <laughs> right. You're not going to. Yeah. You just, and no squirming. I've got, you okay, know, you so just got to sit there. You just reminded me of a story. So my <laughs> my grandpa uh, would say amen in the most random of spots in yeah. church services. Yeah. And I mean, the, the most inappropriate right. spots. You know, you think, the, you think the pastor would say something like, you know, <laughs> Jesus is coming back. would be no amen. Right. Like, other people would amen, but he wouldn't amen. <laughs> But then he'd get to a place of like, parking will be in the back. Hey, man. Yeah. He's like, Grandpa, what are you? It's like, you just wanted to let him know he was still there. Yeah. yeah. All right. So you, uh, so how old were you when you came to faith? So what, what what happened during that time when I was at the Second Baptist Church, I was in Boy Scouts too. So I'm now 11 years old. And I was starting to work on my God and Country Award. Okay. And you had to have someone that was like a sponsor that was part of scouting in a, in a sense. Yeah. And um, there was a scout troop that was part of the United Methodist Church at the time. 
but the scout troop that I was a part of was uh, with the American Legion. Okay. So in order for me to get this award, I had to be underneath uh, the watch of the pastor at the United Methodist Church. Okay. And so, you know, I was talking over with my parents and they said, well, what is it that you want to do? So here comes me being that little activist myself. Yeah. And because there's no, there's no black people going to these white churches, okay. you know? Okay. And the United so, Methodist church was all white. Oh, it was all white. Okay. So they said, well, okay, if that's what you want to do, let's do it. And, uh, I actually went up to the church and said, you know, rode my bicycle up there to meet pastor green. And, he wasn't astonished at all. He just welcomed me hmm. and I explained to him what I needed to do. And he says, I'll be glad to work with you on that. And so I was working with him for six months hmm. and I was not only going to church at the second Baptist, I started to attend the church, the United Methodist church too. Wow. You know, because I said, Oh, it's different. You got a double dose. Yeah. yeah. And, but that was the only spot there in the church, you know, and I was yeah. always going to the early service. So sure. then I told Pastor Green, um, after I got my God and Country Award, I said, I'd like to join. Wow, that's a big step. Yeah. And he said, are you sure? I said, yeah, I would really like to join. So I went through some classes with him. Yeah. And that's when I came to faith. and Really? Through the I, classes? And I got baptized. I mean, God can use a Methodist? I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm joking, yeah. of course. So, well, that's another story. I'm joking. But, no, I love the Methodist. So that's I, the thing. God uses yeah, who God, God uses his people, right? And, and it was it was another hard lesson to learn. Yeah. Because when I got baptized at 12, yeah. about... 25% of the membership of that church left. Because you got baptized? Because I was colored. Oh, you're kidding. Yeah. They left because Oh, uh, what that. a shame. And That's... Pastor Green knew that was going to happen. He didn't want to tell, talk to me about it. Yeah. Because, but he did anyway, which is good. Yeah. yeah. After it happened, if he had talked to me before, I might have been the type to say, you know, I don't want to do that. I'm not going to disrupt this. I'm not, not going to disrupt for his sake. Yeah. You'd be worried about Right. But, and, you know, good on him. There's some things oh, that are worth when it comes him. to yeah. taking a stand on Scripture yeah. and especially on faith. Right. I mean, come on. If it's if Jesus doesn't unite right. us, who and will? Even though I had that base from my mom and dad, Pastor Green was just, hmm. oh. You, uh, was just and plus you had, you had that, was the German? So listeners aren't aware of this. Oh, yeah. But um, Lloyd worked on a farm from eight, seven to about 17, somewhere yes, in there. eight to 17. Had a German couple who yes. kind of adopted him a little bit. Right. But basically, right. he was there all day long working on the farm, mm -hmm. and they loved him, and he loved them. Were they believers at all? Do you know? Oh, them? yeah, absolutely. Really? Oh, so yeah. isn't it interesting? God surrounded you yes. with these believers, and, yeah. and, um, and yet at the same time, there was this stark contrast between those who professed Jesus. Mm-hmm. And refuse to act on it, but also those who profess Jesus and would act on it. Oh, yeah. And so, okay, so yeah, you come to faith, mm -hmm. uh, you're growing in faith, you go to college. Mm -hmm. What, you know, there's a there's an arc, a learning curve in mm -hmm. faith. Um, we all grow in different ways, right. but uh, typically God tries to teach you something first. Right. You know, he's got to break something in you. Right. And then there's a time when you just fall in love with Jesus, and there's a time right. you're just learning about God, and then there's yeah. apathy and all yeah. this the character change. Um, talk to me about the journey uh, towards spiritual maturity. It's very rare that anybody can say, now I'm spiritually mature. It doesn't really yeah. work that way. No. No. It's just over time you go, right. this is where I'm at. Right. Um, but talk to me about your journey of faith, right. uh, kind of over the progression of it, the, maybe the hills and the valleys of it. Oh, yeah. I mean... It Obviously, my foundation was from my home base. Mm -hmm. You know, and I was fortunate enough; I had it from both sides of the family. Yeah, so you had a lot of support, right? So Absolutely. they knew what you were trying to, who you were trying to follow, right? So th there was never an issue there, and okay. I, and it wasn't like we were forced. Yeah, you just became ingrained into it. Yeah, because when you have a grandfather that's a deacon, and how he was, yeah. And my grandmother that was out in Virginia, which was my mother's mother, uh, we called her Mimi. Mimi was a very strong, and she she was AME. 
She wasn't Baptist. Yeah. She was AMA. And um, well, Christian's Christian. Yeah, Christian's exactly. Christian. But you know, back in those days, no, you know, I know. If I know. You were, they were, yeah, yeah. They, they like to separate it. Well, and, and it's it's separated today. And the the challenge right. there is, um, theologically, there are distinctions. Right. But the other truth is, Christian's Christian. I that's mean, it. That's the bottom line. You, that's and it. It's a weird thing, isn't it? You can tell. Mm -hmm. I, I, it's so hard for me to describe to people, but f most of the time, you can't. One hundred percent of the time, you can't. Right. I'm not the Holy Spirit, but there's a spirit thing mm -hmm. about other people who really belong to Jesus, who don't. Yeah. They're not phoning it in. They're not in a religion. They actually belong. So Mimi was a was a big believer. Yes. Every, so you had all this support. Right. So, but you're still got to grow in faith. Oh yeah. So oh, yeah. How yeah. did you integrate scripture? How did how did you view prayer? What about worship? I mean. Because it's a it's a far cry from that to now I'm training Awana. Because mm -hmm. you've been training in Awana for how long? Since 97. 97, yeah. pouring your life into right. young people. Right. And they know they can bank on you. It's yeah. You're one of those. I had a, when I was in the uh, oh, sixth grade, seventh grade, there was a guy by the name of Ed mm -hmm. in our church who was a professor at Biola. Mm -hmm. And through Ed, I got into rest home ministry. There are just certain people, you, you remind me of him in many ways, in that. There are certain people who look at a young person and treat them with dignity mm -hmm. and uh, believe mm -hmm. that they're capable of more. And so they don't lower the standard. Right. They actually raise the expectation. Right. And kids tend to respond really well to that. Yeah. You're one of those in yeah. Awana that I look at that, that people, they just respond yeah. to you. But it's still a, still a, a journey. It's a progression between... Yes. Between being a wildcat, and <laughs> now, by the way, I don't say that word. For the record, it's a it's, it's a progression for anyone who is a wildcat. But, but no, you you get what I'm saying. From Kansas to yes, Chicago, Chicago. It, it, well, there was there were some changes going on between Kansas and Chicago because uh, I was in um, Virginia, Michigan, California, yeah, Nebraska before I came to Illinois. And, Working several jobs yeah, and right. and the, the there's mistakes in there, but there's also learning curves in there, relational learning curves, yes, and and professional learning curves. And, and mm -hmm. what would you say was the biggest character issue in yourself that God had to lead you through? I think it was when I went to college because I, I'm a s small town country boy. I didn't wear, and I mean, this is a little off the cuff here, but that's okay. Uh, but I think that's part of my nature. I didn't wear my first pair of blue jeans to graduate from high school. Really? I was not allowed to wear tennis shoes. Tennis shoes were for sporting activities. Ah, uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I always had a button down shirt and always buttoned the top button. Oh, okay. And I always wore a hat, but, you know, I always took it off, and, you know. Respectfully, as far as when I go to church or even when I went to school or something like that, and everyone said that's Doctor Pierce's grandson. Yeah. Right. And what years are these? When were you? So that would have been in. Um, uh, so I was born in fifty, and so this would have been from the time. Well, so I mean, sixty-eight. I, I, I got pictures of myself when I was two, three years old, standing up taking pictures. And I got the same same outfit on. Yeah. So, but all you, uh, through, so, so like, sixty eight. My dad was born in fifty. Yeah. And uh, so the whole Jesus, like the whole flower power, the whole oh, into that hippie vibe, the whole oh, thing. Yeah. You did that? Well, see, that was the thing that that was the turning point for me, um, because the foundation was there, and I go to college. Yeah. And the small country boy sees all of this stuff. Yeah. And I was like, oh, man, I can experience this. I can experience that. And I can experience this. And I was going to experience it. And this is a time of just there's a lot of people who are ignorant oh, yeah. of American history. Right. If, if our listeners think that right now is a time of upheaval, you have no, no. idea. The, no. The, that uh, 68, 69, 70, those are some of the most tumultuous. tumultuous yeah. Everything yeah. was questioned. Mm -hmm. uh, but I will say this, it, from my understanding of those years, mm -hmm is that there was still a belief in truth and yes. there was a belief that you could find what you were looking for. There wasn't, mm -hmm. it wasn't as cynical. I think even in spite of all of the, we can change the world. There's, you know, there's a lot of um, 
movements and facets and oh, people yeah. are talking about overpopulation right. and this god dead <laughs> on time right. magazine and you know we'll start a hippie commune over yes. here and we'll do this yeah, over here and, there. Yeah. Um, but there was still yeah. this sense of optimism that mm -hmm. we can make the world a better mm -hmm. place that that's that's what's missing in some right. ways today but right. so you're going through all that oh yeah and you're having to adjust not only country to city mm -hmm. but now you're coming into contact with all kinds of worldviews oh yeah Right. And Absolutely. how much of those rocked you? Like how many, like, which was that a pretty heavy? Oh, it did. I mean, it hit me pretty hard because, um, it was something new. Yeah. And it's like, oh man, this, this, this is fun. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm having fun and, and chasing yourself or just yeah. working through it or what? Just chasing myself, chasing yourself. That's it. it you know, it wasn't a chore to, to work through. It was just, trying to experience something that I never experienced before. And then, um, but you know, the key to it is when, when I first went to college, um, the first thing that I did was I found my church. Yeah. Wow. So I did. And good. my mom always instilled that in me. She said, you know, the mouthpiece comes out. That's right. She says, um, you find a church. Isn't it funny how parents know? Mm -hmm. So, uh, you found a church. Yes. And what role did that play in keeping you grounded through college? It maintained the discipline that I learned, oh. you know, and that discipline was Sunday morning, you're getting up, you know, the night before I'd have my clothes ready because I was taught to make sure you have your clothes ready. So you get ready, take your shower, take a bath and then go, go to church. And where I grew up in Kansas, I just walked to church because it was only about six blocks away anyway. But, um, so in Manhattan, Kansas, I was probably about, because I was in a dorm, and the church was probably about uh, two, three miles away. And so I'd have to drive there to church. But the thing is, I still had my clothes out ready to go, and I'd just go to church. And so I was disciplined to do that, to go every Sunday. But then during the week, sometimes I'd be experiencing some things that I'd never experienced before. And... Then I started realizing, and well, I don't know if I was realizing, and I think someone was telling me that, you know, yeah. which was the Holy Spirit telling me, you know, you know, I don't know if you should be doing that, mm. you know, and so then I found that holy disruption. Yeah, yeah, because it, you know, it, it can really distort your views on everything, you know, and um, Campus Crusade for Christ was starting to grow during that period. Bill right? Bright, right. And so there was there was a chapter there at Kansas State. There was probably about five or six people that were part of it, and I happened to see it and jumped in on it. And um, that's when I started doing my initial Bible study. And at that time, I started thinking to myself, you know, it's time to start reading the Bible. It's really time to start understanding what it means. And from that day on, I started reading the Bible through the Bible every year, hmm. which I still do today. So you've read through the Bible oh, how many times now? It's got 50 times. Oh, yeah. yeah easily. That, probably, yeah. yeah. More than that, probably. And, um, I've even done reading programs where you do the Bible in twice in a year. Yeah. You know? And uh, But the thing is, each time I go through the and I teach the kids in one of this, I said, each time I read through the Bible, I learn something new. Mm -hmm. there's there's just because the stories are there and we know it's one big story yeah and it's about christ but the thing is there's a lot of interesting stories in there that will give you a ground to walk on that's and, huge and so that's why i do it and um it's really interesting because my, my i'm very close with my uncle and i when we were at lunch we were talking about you know i come from an athletic family my, yeah. my father's was athletic too. It, 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 That's we right. He, was, he had a scholarship for football. football right. That's right. And um, so my uncle, uh, my uh, dad's oldest brother, Uncle George, he was called Duke. Dad was called Little Duke uh, because he was two years younger and they played sports together. And then my uncle Lawrence was two years younger than my father. So when Uncle George left and went to college, Dad became Duke and Uncle Lawrence became Little Duke. You know, yeah, I got to tell you, yeah. I'm glad you can keep your guys' nickname straight. Because, right. So your nickname is Buzzy. Bu yeah. 
for the or, people, or for people. Yeah, from and again, my town. I just Brooklyn. cannot yeah. figure. I don't know how you guys are linking Duke and these names, but yeah. I'll go with. They it. just come up with it, you know. <laughs> yeah. They try to call me that, and I wouldn't let it happen. Yeah, it's so, like you no, call I'm me Buzzy. Gonna, yeah, that's right. So, um, uh, so your uncle, uncle Lawrence and I are very close. The uncle Lawrence is probably eighty-six now, oh. and um, we converse all the time. And I remember this is probably about uh, ten years ago. And we were back for a, um, no, no, maybe 12, 15 years ago. We were back for a family reunion there in Hawatha. And we were talking about the Bible. And he says, oh, I just love the New Testament. He says, matter of fact, I prefer the New Testament over the Old Testament. And I looked at Uncle Lawrence and I said, Uncle Lawrence, you wouldn't have a New Testament if it wasn't for the Old Testament. Yeah. I said, the New Testament was going to come about after the sin. That was obvious because he said he was going to send someone. Yeah. I said, but the thing is, we, and this is what I learned about reading, because I love the Old Testament. Mm -hmm. And the reason I love the Old Testament, because it's a depiction of us. That's us. Yeah. That's not biblical time. That's us today. Yeah. And that's God loving us. Yeah. By forgiving us. Yeah, that's someone who's that's someone who's read a lot of scripture. I don't think my listeners understand just or our listeners understand just how insightful yeah. that statement is. It's um, I've grown more in love with the Old Testament. Mm -hmm. um, I see more consistency between the testaments than yes. I ever have. Oh, yes. And uh, it's funny early on in early in your faith, you see these major discrepancies. You see this mm -hmm. giant ark. Mm -hmm. um, you know the God of the Old Testament. You see some odd things, mm -hmm. and you're like. Well, that can't be real right. or that. Right. But the further I think in faith you get, the more you see not just the consistency of it, but the reality of it. Mm -hmm. And you, you go, oh, no, no. It's in Lamentations that the steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. Right. You know, you, right. you start to make these connections. Mm -hmm. uh, that's just so key. Oh, so it it's interesting that, at the, you know, here we are, 68, 69, 70, 71, and um, massive time of change. Mm -hmm. uh, you're going through change. Mm -hmm. You dig down into scripture and scripture mm -hmm. becomes this anchor for you yes and um you know some people get legalistic because they get so there's a there's a certain amount of people who stay there they they started bible hungry mm -hmm. and then what happened was they stopped being humble mm -hmm. and they got bible dogmatic um and to move through it means you kind of push through to grace right and you have to learn how to grace was that a uh, a difficult push through for you no. was it easy push through for you how was i it? mean the thing is growing up you learn how to be humble you know because what we went through yeah when i was growing up and um my parents taught me humility and they taught me love yeah uh it's like you know treat hate with love and you so know. your your posture was already rooted yes so that you're yeah. is it safe to say then that your posture protected you oh, it did. when it felt as if even for the sake of religious mm -hmm. zealousness mm -hmm. it felt like uh that could be used in a way that wasn't as representative right. of jesus right. as you really it needed to right. be it always gave me that second thought yeah. you know if i wanted to venture out that little voice in my head would come yeah and say remember yeah yeah or uh, you know i always think as well are you representing well is this is this right. me? Remember who you represent, right? And um, it's like, oh, that's right. But you know, it's funny. I do think about that as well. There's that you know the passage says, "Train a child in the way that mm -hmm. they should go, and they won't depart from it." Um, some people view that as instruction, chapter verse. Mm -hmm. I understand that more and more to be the way they should go. In other words, right. there is a there's a flow right. and an approach. Right. that they won't depart from because they'll have seen it modeled well. Right. Um, and which just sounds a little bit like what you're well, describing. Well, and, and one of the examples that I have, um, when I was graduating from high school, the counselor, you always get to meet with the counselor, and Mr. Whitey sat down with me and he says, uh, well, oh, I wait, think the counselor's name was Mr. Whitey? Whitey, yeah. That's brilliant. But they wasn't spelled like No, that, okay, yeah, fair enough. But anyway, he, he told me, he says, look, he says, I think you need to become a masonry or some, some of the, you know, labor. Right. He says, because, you know, I don't think you can make it in college. But, you know, I knew he was prejudiced in the first place. You know, and, well, his name for what yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm teasing. I'm yeah. teasing. And I said. But he wasn't working in your best interest. No, he wasn't. Not at all. 
And um, so I go through college, I get my master's degree. Matter of fact, in my graduating class, um, I was the first one to get a master's mm. you know, from our high school. And I was never part of the National Honor Society. And I, you know, my sister was, yeah. you know, and I never was. I was a jock, you know. Right. I did enough to be able to play sports. And my parents used to What was to your sport of choice? Baseball. Oh. But all my scholarships were in football and basketball because I was an all-stater in oh. football and basketball. Oh, wow. Yeah, because, see, baseball wasn't a high school sport. It was an American Legion sport. You know, okay. I participated. It was just only in the summers. I didn't know he had scholarships to go play. Yeah. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. Well. And I decided I'm going to stick with baseball, which was probably a good thing to do because the thing is I got tired of it. And I just stopped because I had to focus in on school. Your master's degree is in what? My master's degree is in health education. Okay, wow, my goodness. Yeah. I went to school. I was going to school to be pre-med. You know, I thought to yeah. myself, that's what I wanted to do. Grand, grandfather, Dr. Yes, Pierce. Dr. Dr. Pierce, Pierce right. right. And I ended up just, I got a teaching degree in physical education, health education. But I had all the courses, pre-rec courses that one needed to be able to go to med school. The only thing that I hadn't taken was like physics. Yeah. You know, because my favorite subject was organic chemistry. Loved or, it. Organic chemistry? Yeah, loved it. Is there an inorganic chemistry? That, I'm sure there is. But <laughs> I, 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 was had, I took chemistry with my sister in high yeah. school, and I was glad to get out. Loved it. Did that, you? The, yeah, I, chemistry, biology, those, those, those are my favorite courses. And you went on to go do pharmaceutical sales, and mm-hmm. um, you've had a great career since. And um, you're, You've been married now how long? Uh, this is my second marriage. We've been married, uh, oh, I got to add it up. 22 years. 22 years. Yeah, we've been together for 23. We've been married uh, 22. She and I worked at the same company, so I met her. Oh, that's just, I was going to ask how you met. Yeah, 23 years ago I met her. And, and was that here in this area, in the area yes, of Chicago? Yes, so it was at a regional headquarters. It was Nortel Networks. It was in Schaumburg. Okay. And um, so we met, and. And you came to Grace Point in 1997? Six. 1996. Mm-hmm. Back when it was Naperville Bible? Yes. So just before the cha- name change. Right. And um, and you've been doing Awana since. Since 97. It was really interesting because I was walking in church at the time. And and if he's listening to this, it'll probably put a smile on his face. But um, Dave Weidra. That's yeah. how I met Dave Weidra. Dave Weidra. And that's the first thing he hit me the up. The man, the I'm, myth, the legend. Yes. I mean, we, we were just meeting, and the thing that he talks about was, you know, we need some leaders in Awana. That doesn't sound like Dave Wider at all. No, I'm just playing. That sounds exactly like Dave right. Wider. That's great. And so yeah. had you ever done anything like that before? No, because there wasn't an Awana program where I grew up. At, was it kind of a leap of faith for you to go, mm-hmm. okay, I'm going to go do it in this way? What? How had you served up to that point? Like, or had you served? Uh when I was growing up, yeah, I, you know, I did. Yeah. Um, I worked with the uh, the younger kids in church when I was in high school. Matter of fact, when I was in high school, I was the president of Fellowship of Christian Athletes. Oh, wow. So, FCA. Okay. Yeah. So I was a part of that. And uh, Wow. Um, you, your story is so interesting because you have touches, mm-hmm. uh, not only in different denominational circles, different racial Christian circles, oh, yeah. in the middle of racism, also the time where the U.S. is in tremendous amount of change. Mm-hmm. You're there at the beginning, really, of Campus Crusade. Right. And then you think about FCA. Right. Um, then it's pharmaceutical sales, right? Right. And, uh, and then coming up here, and then 1996, Naperville Bible, and then Awana. Right. That's a, that's a pretty remarkable Yeah, it was a curve, right? Like my movement to uh, Naperville Bible was based on when I was, because I was a member of the uh, Methodist Church in Geneva, yeah. Illinois. And Which is, and you live in Geneva. Yes. Well, we're trying to plant a church campus. Yeah, I know. So you live out there. <laughs> right. I was just out there prayer yeah. walking. Yeah. yeah. Um, and the pastor at that time at the United Methodist Church, um, his philosophy started changing. And you saw that in the United Methodist Church. And that was one of the things I usually appreciated when I used to go home to visit mom and dad and go back to our old church. That wasn't changing. Yeah. But you saw in the larger metropolitan yeah. areas, the church was changing it. He was starting to look at uh, uh, gay marriages and he approved it. And I said, that's it. I'm gone. Yeah. 
but I didn't know where to go. Because it's scripture, right? Right. At some point, yeah. And my next door neighbor at that time in the house we used to live in uh, before I lost that house, son was interning here underneath john bell okay yeah and, so that's how you found out about right it? yeah and he says he says Lloyd, why don't you go to neighborville bible he says i've been interning there he says go check it out so it was thanksgiving program came and uh, at that time i was with a significant other you know and yeah. it, it, it neither one of us wanted to get married and i knew it was wrong and mm. so that was another turning point life there so god was really working there yeah, too he's kind right. of like, okay you got to turn right. again yeah gotta, right yeah it's that yeah. confrontation with yourself yeah and so we were attending and then unfortunately in may she had a uh, brain aneurysm and she died oh i'm sorry and so and that turned me around in the sense that you know you can't those are things in your life that you can't do because yeah. we've been together for probably about 10 years and never even thought about and, and that was wrong mm. and it was wrong for me to attend church and do that too and i realized yeah. that and, that um, double that oh, kind yeah. of double life thing yeah. it can kind of eat you up a little yeah, bit it was you know, it really can it was and, but once you it's it's interesting because that may be kind of a, that's one of those character moments mm -hmm. where um that god kind of brings you through it and you go oh i'm not that person anymore right like you, you wake up one morning you're just like oh thank goodness that that thing that i wrestled with right. for so long that's yeah. not me anymore right and that's a really beautiful yeah conclusion and, and you feel a sense of relief right you know and uh, once you get that relief and then you start looking back on some of the things that you did and didn't do mm -hmm. and so you know when I look back on my life I look at the things not so much of what I did because it's done right right what I'm looking at is what I didn't do Mm. Uh, the only thing that I look back on my life where um, I I really had a problem I had a problem with was when going back to Mr. Whitey right because he said yeah. I couldn't do this yeah so when I got my master's degree I walked into his office and I threw it down in front of him I see there you go and he just had this blank stare on his face you know oh, he didn't even yeah and so I took it and walked out God convicted me on that one. Really? He said, why did you do that? Hmm. And that's when I realized then, you can't be vengeful. Ah. You just can't be. That is a beautiful so. story from so many different mm -hmm. perspectives. Because as the listener to it, and I'm hearing this for the first time, right. the first thing that I think of when you go in and you throw it down on the desk is, yeah, mm -hmm. take that. Exactly. And... Yeah. But that rings false when right. when when God tells you, really, mm -hmm. is that is that who I created you to be? Mm -hmm. And you go, oh, that probably wasn't right. the best way to approach it. There's something about that that rings so true mm -hmm. and so profoundly important. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, I don't think there's anyone who can't relate right. to that because I think that's one of those things where. How many times have we done something that felt good for us, but on the back end it was like, oh, actually we were we were less of the person that right. God created us to be as a result. That's you know? it. That's incredible. Yeah, you know, and that's when you start looking at your character. Yeah. My parents they believe in sacrifice, mm -hmm. you know, because they have to sacrifice a lot. They believe in integrity. And they, and they believe in truth. Yeah. You know, I mean, even though you have to fight for the truth, but the thing is is that you have to do it wisely yeah with integrity yeah speak the it. truth in love that's the part right. that always um you know that's the part that's always so difficult is that um speak the truth yes yeah uh, but what's the motive for it right you know and um i find i find the people that i admire the most the people whose motive isn't loaded right um mm -hmm. now i like a good truth teller mm -hmm. tell it like it is like devil may care right but i don't know if that's the person i want to emulate right you know what i'm saying it's a person right. i admire i don't know if it's the person i want to emulate so yeah. okay so since 1997 you've been pouring into young people and right. and they have responded to you you have elevated expectations mm -hmm. it's been 23 years since 1997 i think if my math is right it's 2020 yes. 2020 yes. Yeah. 
23 years here at Grace Point. And um, really, it's interesting because ever since kind of that character moment of mm -hmm. coming through and enforcing the aneurysm, and, right. but you've uh, married and it's been 22 years of marriage now. Yes. And, and you think about that whole thing. Like here you are living as a spiritually mature mm -hmm. um, Christian man. As you look around and kind of the current state of affairs, mm -hmm. and you think about younger generation, mm -hmm. you think about people who are uh, maybe kind of in the mid midstream in their mm -hmm. journey of faith, on their pro progression, mm -hmm. spiritual maturity. If you can give one piece of advice, like if you could get this, there was one thing you'd be like, okay, listen, I'm just going to help you for a second. Right. Let me just shortcut this for you. Right. And if you listen and pay attention, right. then um, then it'll be okay. And it can be any piece of advice. It could be hopeful. It could be um, a warning. It can be, mm -hmm. you know, it's that Colossians one twenty eight, right? Um, mm -hmm. Him we proclaim, teaching, warning, admonishing, mm -hmm. right? So that we may present everyone spiritually mature in Christ. Mm -hmm. um, what would that be? What, what do you think that would be? Usually, um, you know, it's, it's really easy just to put that you know umbrella effect on somebody and say you know stay in the faith and, you know, and, and that's not it um, what I try to instill in those that it's time for them to take that leap or take that step is you have to have a relationship mm -hmm. and I'm not talking about a relationship with uh, someone of the opposite sex or friends or anything like that you have to have a relationship with God because if you don't have a relationship with God you cannot have a right relationship with anybody else mm -hmm. Because God is teaching you what that relationship should be. He's teaching you about that love that you should have for one another. Because love, you know, a lot of people look at love and they, they just say it. You know, I love, but you, you know, that's not, that's not what it is. Love is sacrifice. Mm. I saw my parents sacrifice. Mm. You know, Christ sacrificed himself for us. God sacrificed his son for us. Where is your sacrifice? Oh, that's a great word. So, so um, that's what I would. That's great. Love. So embrace. And I think this is where we'll conclude because I, I, man, that's that's a powerful word. Um, embrace the sacrifice, right? Mm -hmm. Like if you're going to grow in faith, embrace the sacrifice because right. the sac it, the sacrifice reveals the priority. Yes. And the the other thing there is that what you said about just relationship that it's not the religion part. Um, mm -hmm. It's the relationship part. You know, when right. you disappoint someone, mm -hmm. that's different than disappointing a system, right? Right. And, um, but also when someone says, well done. Yeah. Right. And let me yeah. just say, well done. Lord. Well done, Lloyd Robinson. What a great conversation that was. I hope you enjoyed it as much as I enjoyed having it. Hey, wherever you are on your journey of faith, I pray you were encouraged by today's conversations and you were able to glean some insights from Lloyd's journey. You know, spiritual perfection isn't possible in this lifetime, but spiritual maturity is a biblical expectation in this lifetime. So until we meet again, may you keep on growing.